0: Um so today's family Sunday if you are new or relatively new or forgot uh fifth Sunday um all of our children other than nursery age are in here in the sanctuary to join us in worship and um uh, and we like that so um one of the things that we often do is any kids who really like worship and you want to participate in worship Do any of y'all want to come up here? Are y'all listening to me? Kids, hello? Uh, Do y'all want to come up here and join us? You don't have to, so if you're a kid and you're like, I don't want to do that, then you don't have to do that. Uh, If you want to, you can come up here between Haley and I and uh, join us, join us in worship. We also, uh, real quickly, we've got some like little things we call busy bags. They're in the back on this wall next to that table, so... There's, uh, ones in a little bucket labeled littles, and that would be kind of like three to five-year-olds, and then, um, there's ones labeled bigs, and those are more for like six to 11-year-old kids. some crayons on the top, some little word searches, some color pages, all that kind of stuff. So, y'all are, are welcome to grab those, and, uh, good. Can I, uh. Can I get a volunteer from one of y'all that are up here to read something for me? Oh, how about you? We'll just do both of you. Check, check. Praise the Lord. Praise
1: God in His temple. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His strength. Praise Him for His greatness. Praise Him with trumpet blasts. Praise Him with harp and lyres. Praise Him with tambourines and dancing. Praise, oops. <laughs> praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with crashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
0: Okay, we got some of these things. We got some stringed instruments. Aaron's got a stringed instrument. I got a stringed instrument. We got kind of kind of a, I don't know, harpish thingy over here. We got cymbals behind us. Can y'all help us with dancing today? Dancing is like moving when music is going on. Can you move when music is going on? Yeah, I've seen you do it before. So... Um, so we're going we're gonna to do that. Father, we love you. We praise you this morning. We give you glory. And we say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. No, I'm going to get them as we go. All right. Here we go. Y'all ready? Chant this out. We're going to need your help with this. We need your help. All right. Y'all say what I say. Haley's going to lead us. That has breath, that has breath.
1: Praise the Lord,
0: praise the Lord,
1: praise the Lord,
0: praise the Lord. Let
1: everything, let
0: everything that has breath, that has breath. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Here we go. I'll praise in the valley, praise in the mountain. I'll praise when I'm sure, praise when I'm doubting. I'll praise when around me Cuz praise is the water My enemies drowning
1: As long as I'm breathing I've got a reason to pray I know you're still in control. Praise is a weapon, it's more than a sound. Come on! My praise is the shout that brings Jericho down. As long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to.
0: Cause you reign, praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise cause you're faithful, I'll praise cause you're true. Praise cause there's nobody greater than you. I'll praise cause
1: you're sovereign, I'll praise cause you reign. Praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise cause you're faithful, I'll praise cause you're true. I'll praise cause there's nobody greater
2: I want to ride my horse on a song like that. You know, I just, I love that song, but I'm, I'm going to lose my voice if I'm not careful. This awesome worship. Um, this is uh, Family Sunday, also Super Sunday, because it's the fifth Sunday. So we're going, have, we're going to have lunch afterwards out at the Rusty Mallard. Raise your hand if you don't know where the Rusty Mallard is. You can actually Google it. Google the Rusty Mallard. You don't know where it is, Cruz? Okay. Um, so, there'll be food. Some people are bringing food. I mean, I think technically everybody's supposed to bring food. But if you didn't bring food, just come on. Man, I made enough. So, um, lastly, how any realize there's something very different in this room? Uh, you, the. The chairs are in the wrong spot. How many of you freaked out over that? Just be honest. Raise your hands. Okay, yeah. Jen, I'm not going to point you out or anything, but we talked about it before, and it's going to throw me off because people aren't in their right spots, and that that messes me Pam says that's good, but it messes me up more than anything. Um, So uh, Pitkins, I'm sorry. There's not a row big enough for you guys. So just jump in. Somebody make squeeze together and make room for them. On the second row over here, Brooke, there's a lot of room. Um, and this is what I really wanted to say about that. There's a lot of room, so you won't disturb anybody if you need to get out during that. And I'm talking about to Brooke about that. Um, if you need to get out, people will be, be able to let you out because there's lots of room. So don't freak out like I'm doing right now. Okay, we're going to continue with our singing and then we're going to have a break and a short break. So y'all take it away. Oh, let me put this back. Bye. way at um, a time of loss a time when peace can only come that passes understanding because it's a situation that you, you can't understand. you can't fully grasp it even. So um, I know that song is true. I, I hope that you've been in that place, not where you've where, where you've needed that comfort, I hope you haven't been there, but I hope you've had the opportunity to experience just the presence of God in a situation where you felt like you're all alone or whatever, because it is real, and I hope that you can grasp that and come to a new understanding of that this morning. All right? Y'all be seated. And y'all can do whatever. (laughs) I I don't know what y'all have planned, Anything? I have a little... Uh, Anything. I have something here for just a second. Am I doing the right? I, it's my turn, right? Okay. It's your turn. Just making sure. Do I look like I don't know what's going on sometime? Okay, cool. Um, eight years ago, Pam and I were new still. I mean, y'all don't think we were ever new. I know but we were new. We were left out a lot early in the beginning. We weren't put under a carport or anything like that. Me. I'm not talking about Pam. I'm just talking about me. Um, We'd only been here a few months, six months about that. And uh, a couple came to church. They visited from, uh, from Stillwater. And... They asked if they could come to a meeting about life groups. And uh, Pam had this uh, idea. Why don't we... Well, she asked them, what do you... They said, could we serve? And she said, well, I guess so, you know. What, what have you done before? Well, we've led worship before. And so she had an idea. Well, why don't they lead songs for this meeting that's coming up this meeting about life groups? And she said... Uh, they said, well, yeah, we could do that. And could we, could we borrow Steve's guitar? We don't have a guitar where we're at right now. And so they came and they sang a song. And some friends of ours who were leading the life group training, we're, we're singing and listening. And she turns back to me and she goes, oh, my gosh, God loves y'all so much, with her eyes kind of rolling back her head. And um, eventually, Juliet became the worship worship pastor because it was obvious that I needed help. And so this morning it's pastor appreciation month and she, uh, she's volunteer and she does so much. She helps lead our central like, uh, for women's, the women's conference in Durant. And she helps with that and has done a lot of Jubilee and things like that. And she is an absolute treasure. She and Brent, their whole family, mean a lot to Pam and me, um, uh, like extra kids, kind of. Um, Pam, you want to bring that up here? Uh, I'm going to ask, uh, if you will, that just honor Juliet, especially with me. Yes. I'm sure she loves this um, as much as other people being called out in the middle of the service. But um, I just want to pray a blessing on her right now and ask if you'll join me in that. Father, thank you so much for the newcoms and what they mean. And, and uh, Juliet leading our awesome worship team. And uh, I'm thankful for all of those people. But this morning, we want to especially ask your blessing on... Juliet, uh, as well as her family, that they would have health, that they'd have prosperity, that everything they touch would be blessed and be prosperous. And I, I pray that she'd have some inkling of the appreciation that we have her uh, for her as she serves here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Appreciate you. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, can we, can we take a five minute break? Is everybody okay with that? Okay. We'll still get out early. Um, uh, we'll do a five minute break if you can get back into your seats. Uh, so five minutes, ready, set, break. Since I've called out people all through this service, um, we have friends from Durant here, Scott and Janelle, um, They've been very gracious host to us a few times when we've been to Durant for meetings and things, and so. But they're part of the Durant family, and uh, so we're thankful to have them here. Um, you might want to talk to them later. You'd be ready to hear about grandchildren because they have a brand new little granddaughter, and um, we're excited for them. And now, Scott, have I embarrassed you or anything? So you're used to it. Okay. All right, so when we talk about faith in the church, I feel like sometimes people think that we're trying to encourage you to like believe in the Easter bunny or something like that. I hope I haven't messed anybody up now and they'll need counseling. Um, but I do counseling, you know. It's not very expensive. But uh, parents, if I just mess something up. That's what I feel like some people think we're asking you to do is somehow try really hard to believe in something that everybody knows in real. And I want us to grasp this morning that that's not the deal. Because, and it's important because how can you have faith for something if you don't believe that it even exists? It's deep down in your heart or somewhere maybe... Maybe that that's there's some little nugget in inside of you, like some like kind of like the heart of the branch or something that it's trying to grow and it 's trying to do something, but you just haven 't figured out what the secret is yet that 's not what it is i 'm not asking for you to believe in anything that i don't believe is completely real, and I mean real in a, in an extremely tangible way a way that can be measured or whatever. Do you realize there are things in this room right now, and I'm not talking about what you might think I'm talking about. There's things in this room, there's a thing, a thing maybe, that exists in this room right now, but you can't see it, feel it, hear it, touch it, weigh it, measure it with a yardstick or anything like that. Now, if you have the right tools, you can measure it. And I have a little box at my house that if I bring that box in here and I tie a wire to that, you would hear people talking. On that box with nothing but a wire connected to it in the pecan trees out behind my house, I've talked to Russia, I've talked to the Orkney Islands in the northern part of the United Kingdom, I've talked to Colombia, I've talked around the world, on radio waves that are in this room right now. Back when, before we had digital microphones, you used to hear CB radios on the sound system. Anybody remember that? Does anybody know what a CB radio is? Okay. Doesn't matter, because this has replaced all of that. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 is one of... uh, uh, one of my favorite chapters in the bible maybe the maybe my favorite next at romans chapter 8 but hebrews chapter 11 is sometimes called the faith chapter and it starts out with verse 1 so take your bibles if you would and and we're going to read just three verses at the beginning of chapter 11 hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 you may it may be on your device I actually use the Bible on my phone a whole lot. But I want to read it out of New King James, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. What is substance? I mean, it, it can be a... It, it means something that you can hold, measure, touch, all that. It's the substance of a thing that you're just hoping for. Faith is the substance, a holdable, measurable, something containable of something that you're hoping for in the future. And then chapter 11 goes on and talks about people like Abraham, that God had promised Abraham a son, and he the faith that he had was an actual substance something that he could hold on to and believe in because it had substance to it so faith is the substance of th- something that's hoped for the evidence of things not seen and i mean a-, a part of us goes how can how can we how can it be evidence if we can't see it because mostly we think about th- That something's real if we can see it, seeing is believing, or at least or feel it or touch it or somehow that that's that that's real. But faith faith involves the evidence of a thing not seen. I'll tell you where I'm going with this because sometimes I don't. Sometimes I go and people are going, oh, where's it going? Where's it going? I know that because Pam tells me a lot. So uh, I'm going to tell you where I'm going. There are things that we don't just like radio waves. There are things that we don't see, but we still believe in. I can't see the care and the love that Scott and Janelle have for their new granddaughter. But I know it's there. And I see sometimes the evidence of it. I mean, if you look on Janelle's Facebook page, you'll see what I mean. (laughs) But now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Okay, and now, that word now is weird in English. It should be so, or, or... Something like that. So faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And by elders, Paul... I think Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Fight me. Um, um, Paul is saying in the rest of the chapter, he's, he talks about all the their forefathers the, the pe- and foremothers, and men and women who had come before... And he talks about it. So he says, by that the elders obtained a good testimony. That means people, people talked about them in a positive way because of the faith that they had. By it, their faith, they gained a good testimony. Testimony like in a court of law. I give evidence that a thing is true, right? Or some persuasive argument. Verse 3. And This is where I want to come down. I'm going to read the whole thing and then I'm going to come back. By faith we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God. He said, let there be, and there was. So that the things which are seen, that we can all believe in, the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay. By faith we understand that the worlds... That in in Greek, and I don't I don't try to trot out Greek and Hebrew words for any other reason except this one is special and means something. That the Greek word is "ion," and um, it's where we get our word "eons" from, like time, time and upon time. But the word is translated several different ways, and it really means space and time because it applies sometimes to time eons but ion also means the world and 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 places so it's space and time which are and i follow me that's two dimensions of dimension the the only two dimensions that we recognize time and space and as, so time is one, and space involves three other things, height, width, and depth. We can describe everything. We perceive everything, height, or for me, lack thereof, and, um, and depth, which is incre- increasing, depth, and width. Um, we know everything by that. Okay, spoiler alert there are more than those three dimensions of space even. Cosmologists and people who understand the world and how it was made scientifically, and maybe I should put air quotes in that, scientifically, they recognize that in order for some things to be the way they are, there have to be more than the three dimensions that we recognize of space. There are... And it, that's impossible for us to even conceive of. Except we can. Because remember when you used to play Mario, which was 2D? It was two-dimensional. There was only height and width. But you, but you knew that there was depth because of the... Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about, Mario. Okay, and I'm talking about... <hooting> and turtles and all that kind of stuff. When you went when the when you went and jumped up on top of the pipe, you knew that that was wasn't flat, right? It, you could tell that it was a it was a pipe. Everybody know what the pipe was, or am I talking? Okay, yeah. So even in two dimensions, we recognize that there was a third one in that. And now, uh, are there actually four dimensional, five dimensional games now? Maybe. Okay, so VR headsets give you something just completely different, um, but by faith we understand that space and time. So space is those three dimensions, and time itself were made out so that the by the word of God, so that the things which are seen, which is this stuff, the things which are seen were made, were not, I'm sorry, things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Not made of things which are visible. So if they were not made of things which are visible, they were made of things that are what? Invisible. Things that we don't perceive normally. Now, does that mean it came out of, absolutely nowhere? No. I think it means that they're not made of things which are visible to us in the world that we live in right now. Okay. Kids? Kids. Y'all are listening. What if I told you that I could That you could go into that door over there, or, or for you guys on this side, a door like that one right there, that you could, and everybody knows there's a room behind there, right? You don't go outside. There's a room right there. So if I told you that you could go into that room, and somehow, when you came out of that room, you'd be in a different place, would you believe that that's possible? any of you, that you'd walk into this room, this little room over here, you'd walk into that room, and when you come out, you'd be in a different place. What if I told you that you could come out of that room and you'd be at your house? Is that possible? Everybody agrees, it's no. What about adults? Anybody think that you could do that? Would that be possible? Let me tell you about it. There was a guy named Elisha Otis in the mid-1800s. Elisha Otis. You don't know it, but you do know who he is. I guarantee. Because this guy said, I'm going to make your life so much easier. Because I have this special room that if you go in this room, when you come out, you'll be at your house. In 1852... And he used a concept that had been around for a while, but not exactly that way. Not where you had a room that you could come out somewhere else. But it revolutionized the city of New York. Manhattan, particularly. Because the room that he got people to go into was called an elevator. Uh, Has anybody ever seen an elevator that says Otis on it? That's why. Elisha Otis in the 1850s, 1850s, this is before the Civil War, if you're a history buff. In 1850, he introduced the safety elevator, which prevented the fall of a cab if the cable broke. They'd had some elevators, but they were pretty shady, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And he demonstrated it at the New York Exposition in the Crystal Palace in a dramatic, death-defying presentation in 1854. And the first such passenger elevator was installed at 488, the corner of Broadway and uh, 16th or something like that. Uh, at a, and it was a passenger elevator in a, an office building. But it revolutionized New York City. Why? Because before that, there had only been seven or eight-story buildings. And if you were poor, you had to live on the eighth floor. Why? Because poor people walked, 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 walked up all those flights of stairs. And after the elevator, they could make taller buildings. And what is New York... I mean, to me, New York is known for tall buildings. Some of the tallest buildings in the world were in New York. I think now they're in Kuala Lumpur or something like that, whatever a koala is. The funny thing was, and this is a little tidbit, and maybe if you're on Jeopardy, you can win with this little bit of information. The first elevator shaft preceded the first elevator by four years because a guy named Peter Cooper designed a building, and put an elevator shaft in it because he knew, he was pretty sure that someone would come up with an elevator one day. That's faith. He, and he acted on it in such a way that one of the early elevators ended up in his building. The funny thing was, what shape are most elevators? They're square, they're a box, and so elevator shafts are square, The funny thing was, Mr. Cooper, he made his elevator shaft round in this building. And so Mr. Otis, actual Mr. Otis, designed a round elevator to go in that shaft. Just, if you're ever on Jeopardy, you can thank me later. Why is it important that we understand some of these technical things, I mean, about what faith is? I think it's important because what sometimes what we adults portray to children is a mess as far as what faith is. Because I feel like and it's just my feelings, we can fight about it later, but I feel like a lot of people think that our faith is like trying really hard a, a about the Easter bunny. And when we talk about believing for healing, that we're talking about something that we're pretty sure that that's not going to happen. And we're hurting, we're hurting our kids because there's a time when they're going to have to depend on that faith. When the miracles that Jesus did, hold on, let me think about this because this is coming right out of my head. The miracles that Jesus did were not some magical thing. I mean, when we think that God can call the earth into being with a word, that he can say, let there be light and there's light. We're pretty sure that we don't have access to that. But God did not not do magic for that to happen. And Jesus did not do magic for that to happen either. Jesus, when he fed 5,000 and he breaks the bread and and the fishes and and he spreads it out, he didn't do some kind of magical thing. He operated in principles that we just don't know in the flesh. He didn't pull it out of thin air. I think he pulled it out of somewhere, but he didn't pull it out of thin air. My friend, um, my friend Chris, was in a plane crash a few years back. Um, the the shaft on the motor that works the fuel pump, which is electric, the shaft sheared, and so no more fuel was being pumped anymore. And his Beechcraft Bonanza became a rock. I mean, he—he he was. It would still glide, and he's still trying to fly it in and land it. But he fell about a thousand feet short of the runway. And when um, they asked him, "What door did you come out of?" and some some private planes have. Doors like on your car, a two-door uh, a coupe. They have a door on this side and a door on that side. And you can go out either door, right? And some, like a, uh, like a Cherokee 6, has a big door in the back, a giant door. And so they ask him, what door did you come out of? He said, what do you mean, what door did I come out of? I came out of the door. The plane was on fire, and he was in the hospital for a while, and you can tell that he's been in a fire. But um, he he said, "I came out of the door, right? What do you? But like the left seat door." And they said, "He said yes." They said, "That's impossible. You couldn't come out of that door because when the plane landed, there's a tree up against that door." And you can look this up on YouTube or whatever. Um, it, it was on. It's been on TV and things like that. There was, a, there was a tree up against the door, and that door would not open. And he, had, he said, Steve, how do you think I got out of that door? I said, you went to a place where the door did open. Just like when Jesus walked on water, I think one of his feet was in the, in the dimension where it was water, and he was in a, walking in another dimension at the same time where you can walk on water. Maybe it's ice or whatever, but you can walk on water there. So one foot is where the disciples were seeing the water. And the other foot is on a, in a place that's right next to where we are right now. That I can reach in and pull something out of that dimension. But it's real. It's not magic. Chris said, "Well, I'll tell you one thing. Wherever that was, there was a lot of cactus, because he had cactus thorns all over him when they found him." And um, but it wasn't magic that Chris was transported by some, you know, beam me up, Scotty, or something like that. It was real uh, he went into a place where the door did open unfortunately there's still fire there but (laughs) because that's the natural consequence of of those things so um, and why is this important and I'm about to wind up why is it important for us to understand this why is it important for parents to get in in such a way that we that we hand it down to our kids? That it's a reality. It's not a, try really hard and you can believe and Easter eggs will show up. Not, it's not like that. Um, in Mark chapter 6, is a story that I refer to often. So, sorry if you've been there before, but I'm not sorry. Because... This is important, and we need to get it. I'm going to remind you of it often. It's in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. It just so happens that it's right after the feeding of 5,000 in Mark chapter 6. And it looks like since it's in the very beginning of Mark, It seems like it might be early on in the ministry of Jesus, but Mark is a little bit weird because it's like the Reader's Digest version of the. uh, And a lot of y'all don't even know what that is. I'm sorry, I'm old. But Reader's Digest, they used to send out these books that, and they'd have novels that they'd have four or five novels in one book this thick when the original novel was all that thick. So it was a shortened version of whatever the the actual novel was. Mark is a little bit like that it's a shortened version of of Matthew and Luke and kind of John Matthew Mark Luke and John is the story of Jesus and so Mark is the shortened version of that so Mark chapter 6 says and this is I'm, I remind you of this because I brought this up to pastors and I mean really good pastors, great preachers, guys that I really like. I showed one uh, uh, this a couple of years ago, and he said, "It doesn't say that. I said, open up your Bible. So he gets his phone out, of course, and he looks in there and he goes, huh. I'm going to share it with you right now. Immediately, he made his disciples, okay, this is right after feeding 5,000. Right after. So immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida, Bethsaida, Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. 5,000 people. And Jesus sends them away, sends the, gets rid of the disciples. And, and this is why he had to get rid of the disciples. You do it to your kids all the time. And, he, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. How do we know that? Because he, because he told Mark. Mark got this information from somebody else later on. He didn't actually tell Mark. Then he saw them straining, where he is in, in the mountain above. He sees them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. And now about the fourth watch of the night... Which is six, nine, tw- 12, three, three o'clock in the morning. This is three o'clock in the morning. How many of you? What? What's one of the things about three o'clock in the morning? It's dark, right? And the wind. There's kind of some kind of storm going on. About the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. I've already talked about how I don't think that was magic. It wasn't some kind of ghostly thing or something like that. It may have looked like that, and I think they did think that because they were afraid. Like you wouldn't be afraid, somebody walking on the water. Okay. He came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. Would have passed them by. Five words. They're important for us. He would have passed them by. The first time I realized that was there, I thought, that's not very nice. That ain't nice. They're having problems, and Jesus was going to pass them by. Why would he do that? He knows they're in trouble, and he would have passed them by. I wonder if sometimes when we think God has taken a long time to answer a prayer is because He's willing to pass us by to increase what our faith is. That if we can operate in something that He knows we can't operate in, that He's just waiting to see what we do. And He would have passed them by When they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they saw him and were troubled. Y'all know what that means. They were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. This is not some angel, Jesus. This is not some magical whatever. This is a man, Jesus. The man Jesus, fully man, fully God, but with no more power than you and I have. That's important, no more power than you and I have. Then he went up into the boat to them, that means he got in, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in in themselves beyond measure and marveled. You would marvel too if somebody had just come walking across the water and got in your boat. The last word explains it all. The last last scripture, verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves and the fishes, because their heart was hardened. A couple years back, I did a magic trick where I made something, I put it in my hand and it disappeared, and I pulled it out of a cup that was on the front row, and everybody marveled, didn't you? Haley marveled. She wanted to know how, how did you do that? I actually showed all y'all that day how I did that. It was a trick where I made something appear somewhere else. And kids really marveled because they thought it was magic. Because when you're a kid, there's something called um, suspension of unbelief. When you're a kid, your unbelief isn't Fired up like it is when we get to be an adult, because in, when we get to be an adult, we're skeptical about anything we don't understand. We're super skeptical, and but when you're a kid, you, you can believe that somehow Steve did magic. He made it disappear out of his hand and come out of that cup that he wasn't anywhere close to. And and I think Brent wrote on something special on it. What did you write on it? Do you remember? Okay. He wrote something very strange on it that I couldn't have produced another one of those or anything like that. Like, I'm sorry, but magicians do that sometimes. Um, what is another word for skeptical? Hard-hearted. You get jaded. You've been through things. You've been tricked before. Things have happened. And you, your skepticism rises up into Your heart is hardened. That's the natural state Of an an adult. is to have a heart that's hardened towards things of faith. Not everything. You don't have a hard heart. You don't hate puppies or anything like that. Not that kind of hard heart. I'm talking about as far as your faith is concerned. You get to be skeptical. You get to believe that that can't happen. How do I know? Because I've talked to you before. I've seen miracles which were not achieved by magic. They were achieved by faith and what happens in the spirit world. Yeah. Martin Luther King said, the world we see is the shadow cast by the world we don't see. He was saying that, uh, this, two dimen- this what, three, four dimensional world that we live in is, is the shadows that are cast by the world that we don't see. And he's talking about the spiritual world. Our faith operates in that world that we don't see, just like we don't, just like we don't see the radio waves. There, there are things that are real that we but when we come to understand them more, we understand that you could go into a small room and the doors close and you push a button and you come out somewhere else. Everybody knows that. But before you knew that, nobody believed that it could happen. In fact, when I talked about it just now, everybody said, no, that can't (laughs) happen. And did I misrepresent it? It's a room. You get in and you come out somewhere else. I mean, I left some clues out that you could have got it by. That's how real it is. That's why Jesus wasn't a meanie for saying that he was going to pass them by. And, And the... The reason is because he said they didn't understand about the lows and the fishes. There's something about the lows and the fishes that if we understand that, we can do that too. I, that Jesus wasn't being mean. He just knew the disciples already had what they needed to be able to calm the storm themselves. To be able to get through wind pressing against you when you're doing the oars like that. Yeah. That's not me white boy dancing. That's, uh, that's oars. whoa. Okay. I'm telling you this morning, we can operate in that. I'm not telling you that I'm awesome at it. And I don't know if God's thinned out the veil between this and that, that I've been able to do it sometimes. I hear God telling you, walk down that hall. When God has told me things that there was no way for me to know those things, we are made spiritual beings to be able to be interact with that world. We are made to be people. We're a people of faith where we can have substance for something that we're just open for. Right. That's how healing operates. Right. That's how Abraham, which is the first story that's told in, in Hebrews chapter 11. That's how Abraham Believed in a baby that it was impossible for him to have. Because his wife was an old lady. She had been through menopause and could not have babies anymore. And he was an old enough man that, I don't know, um, things didn't work like that anymore. So they, he, they weren't able to have a baby in the flesh the way that, normal, that normally happens. But they did anyway. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that it was because that his faith is the reason that happened that same baby God says okay I want you to take that baby and I want to take him up on the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him to me and Abraham goes no problem I've already seen you do the impossible before and we don't know it through Old Testament but in the he uh, Paul says in the New Testament because he believed that God would just raise him from the dead he had already uh, And it says, like he had already been taken from the dead. Because that baby came out of dead. Abraham and Sarah were both dead. And the baby came out of that. And so if he dies, if that baby dies again, well, he can just be raised from the dead. Abraham believed that. And it enables you to do amazing things. We can do that in prayer for people. I'm going to pray for somebody right now. And I lost my... His name is Preston. And he is... uh, Can I say? He is the son of a friend of Brooks. And um, we're going to pray for Preston because he fell and hit his head and he um, he had a brain bleed and all that kind of stuff. But he's come out of, he's not on any kind of tubes or anything like that anymore. um, And breathing on his own, all that kind of stuff. But he hasn't woke up from the, uh, whatever his situation is. Hasn't woke up. From what? So let's pray for Preston right now. And I want you to exercise your believingest belief, faith that you can right now. Um, Scripture says that if two or more agree is touching anything, then you'll have what you ask for. So can anybody agree with me that Preston can be healed? Because his family's believing for that right now. And so we're going to pray the prayer of agreement with them right now and believe that he's going to wake up. Like today. All right? So pray with me if you will. And you just... In your mind, you can pray out loud, whatever you want to do, but I'm going to pray out loud. Father, we thank you for the faith that we have in you. And we pray for us to be able to operate in that faith and exercise it right now, that in Jesus' name, Preston will be healed fully, that there will be no swelling in his brain, no more bleeding, no more anything, that that accident that he was in... Would there would just be no evidence that it ever even happened, that he'll be completely restored to what he was before, that you, you are in the business of restoration, restoring broken things, restoring hurt things, um, people, um, messed up DNA, whatever. You are able to restore, and so we claim that right now, on behalf of Preston and for his family and an agreement with them right now, that right now that he'd be healed, that your spirit is in him and alive in him and that it would, he would just recover right now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So there we just operated in that faith. I'm going to report to you what the results of that is. And, um, but I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll come up right now. We're going to have one more. We're going to engage in one more song. Um, it, it's a song that it activates my faith because it talks about, um, it talks about God quitting on us. And um, would He do that? No, He won't. So that's the answer to that question. So um, sing with me if you will. Let's worship together. Do I need to maybe do a little dance? Please okay. don't. Hey don't nobody got time for that.
0: Kids if you would like to come up, you're welcome again. So you guys hear me say things like this in the past but anybody who comes up here that <clears throat> there's no performance and if you're looking for a performer we, you're in trouble because as much as we get bragged on there's a lot of people that perform better than us um, but we are just worshipers and so sometimes we do it technically better than other times but it isn't looked upon because of its technical beauty it's looked upon because of its surrender and there are a lot of times that singing worship songs you may think well it's a big deal it's just words but they're not just words I mean they can be just words you can sing worship songs and they just be words or you can sing worship songs when there's tension in your heart in which case they become like faith they become like Abraham walking up a mountain with his son to sacrifice him which is an action And sometimes singing words that you don't feel is the action that actually stirs the faith. So I think there could be people in the room today who don't want to sing these words that we're going to sing. And I would suggest that's all the more important reason why we would sing them. Because they probably are at their most powerful moment when our surrender is the greatest. So. There you go. That's my sermonette. Let's worship together. Father, receive our praise this morning. Stir our faith as a community. Sing with me. Christ is my friend. Christ is my firm
1: foundation
0: The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus cause He's never let me down He's faithful through generations,
1: so I would he fail, now he won't.
0: We believe it. We believe you won't fail us, God. We'll sing about your joy.
1: I've still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense So I won't be going under You don't know how to feel You are good He won't fail. He won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail.
2: And glad when the rains come and there's danger of washing away. And I'm telling you, that's when you know what you're failing to do. And when that's the only choice. with the presence. That's the that there's a place where you've got to depend on God for whatever it's gonna be. And will he fail you? That's when you know that he doesn't fail, that he won't ever fail. With you.
1: Oh Strong on you. I'm gonna make it through. My house was built on you. Yeah, you. If you have a need this morning,
2: we don't. If you have a need this morning, we don't want you to leave without having that need met. So I'm going to stand at the door on the way out, but you just hang back a second and um, talk with me. We'll address that need, whether that's prayer or anything else. And if I can't address that need, I'll find somebody that can. All right. Because we believe that's what the body of Christ, which is what we are. That's what the body of Christ does. ministers in body to, to your need. Just the way Jesus fed 5,000. Just the way he healed people. We do that too. As the body of Christ. Amen? And bring truth. Let me pray as we are going to be dismissed. Please, it's not that cold. And it's a little bit wet. But it'll be alright. The Rusty Mallard has a beautiful air-conditioned building that's dry and warm. And it'll be awesome, all right. But we want to we want to fellowship together. Do what family does, all right. Bow with me, Father. We thank you for your word and for for the promises that it gives us. Um, that it lets us know who we are. That we are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. That we're blessed coming out and going in. So as we as we go out of here right now, I pray your blessings on us. That we then as a result, are enabled to be a blessing to others. Because as a church and as individuals, that's what we want. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week and we'll see you in a few minutes. For.